Greetings, Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number seventy, and we're going to talk about the best video games of nineteen ninety three. But wait, Jenny, isn't it not nineteen ninety three, but in fact two thousand and thirteen? For some of us, except for no, I mean, we're talking about two thousand thirteen. Is not two thousand thirteen currently? But has anyone on Game Cola actually played any games that came out in 2013? I have. Oh, you're not on Game Cola. No. You're fired. <laughs> what? Come Don't on, Don't you remember already? when I fired you? Didn't I fire you? <laughs> Only you... I fired everyone in this podcast like five times before we even started recording. Well, just in case, I fire myself. <laughs> Here today to discuss the best games of 1993, we have returning Game Cola editor-in-chief Paul Franzen. Nathaniel Hoover, Anna Bernarski, and Joseph Martin. Everyone introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Paul Franzen, and these days I'm just a humble piano player. (laughs) (laughs) I like your beanie. (laughs) Slash homeless person. (laughs) Now that I'm not getting that sweet Game Cola ad revenue. Hi, I'm Nathaniel Hoover. I'm a staff writer and editor for Game Cola. I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and not enough of anything. My name is Bernabarski, and after being fired multiple times, I guess I'm back on staff. Introducing your new editor-in-chief. <laughs> no. And podcast commander. No, yes. I can't do that. I'm Joseph Martin. I haven't been specifically fired yet, only group fired, so I like my chances so far. So yes, uh, here we are to discuss the best games of 1993, being that no one in Game Cola has played a game made in 2013. I played a bunch of them. You're not on the staff. <laughs> I played some, but we'll talk about 1993. Uh, 1993, we have such classics as Star Fox, the one that wasn't the 64 that everybody loved, um, Ridge <laughs> Racer, which is, I'm guessing, racing on a ridge. But wait, um, wait, 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 wait. There's some important context that we're missing here. Why 1993? Why not... Oh. 2018. Sadly, we do not know what is released in the future. Wait, what was the game? Maybe you don't. <laughs> what was the game that he played when he went to 2015? Back to the Future 2? Oh, yeah, the the one with the gun and the shooting and the cowboys and the, the arcade game yeah, 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 yeah. that Marty McFly yes, plays yeah. in Back to the Future Part 2. But wait, uh Wild Gunman. But was that was a game I don't I don't I don't think that came out in 2015. That was, no, he was like playing a... the old game, right? That was a baby's yeah. toy. That's right. <laughs> you have to use your hands? Slowly becoming true. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, maybe we should change this to talk about games of the future. I like that. <laughs> Where, well, like, we did, uh, we did Oculus, yeah, Oculus Rift 1 Best uh, New Peripheral, which, for those who don't know, is like a cool new virtual reality thing. Basically, we're living in the future of 1993 like cool uh excellent segue when when did lawnmower man come out (laughs) sounds about right uh hold on lawnmower man the hit summer movie of 1992 Ooh, very close uh so it was the hit summer movie of 1992 this is the future of 1992 we're living in in 2013 uh or 2014 now yeah oculus rift is basically virtual reality as they wished it was in 1992 today. It's like the Virtual Boy, except they don't try to tell you that it's a handheld. <laughs> yeah, you wear the... Uh, and it's not only red. 
Is it blue? Does it come in four colors of green? <laughs> if it's not red, what color could it be? <laughs> Having trouble wrapping my mind. Does around. anyone actually use the Oculus Rift? Lovely. <laughs> it won. It won this out. Is why I I mean, this is why I left the site, you guys. It won out <laughs> over such contenders as the PlayStation DualShock 4 and the Wii U mic cover. So, is the, the, the PlayStation 4 controller get nominated as a peripheral? I had absolutely no clue what else to put on the thing, and no one <laughs> nominated anything. I thought I nominated the gamepad. Not the mic... The, Wii, the microphone? Isn't that what it's on here as? The microphone, the microphone cover, I believe. <laughs> so, so did, did we establish that we're talking about our Game Cola year-end nominations, and that's how we got on to this subject in the first we're place? we just saying, like, random names of things that we like at this point. I don't yeah, know. Okay. okay. Badgers? Things that we like that we've never, ever used. Yes. Yes, we were talking about the Game Cola year-end awards, the Game Cola video game awards, the Game Colies, if you will. Oh, please. That sounds like a disease. <laughs> And you have died of game colies. And we were telling this to the game colons, <laughs> our fans. That is. How is that not cut on yet? That's a great. I'm pretty sure about three or four. Wait, I. You need to replace game cola faithful immediately with greetings, game colons. By the way, I'll have you know, only one person nominated anything for best new peripheral. Thank you, Stuart Chip. I literally I looked at that category and I'm like. I'm going to put some more things in here. <laughs> I googled gaming peripherals like 2013 and it was all like microphones and headsets. And then I saw the Wii U mic cover and I was like, okay. I think you made I'm this guessing. mic cover up. I can't find it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I think. How does, how is there even a mic cover though? Cause like, it's not like it extends. It's just like a little hole. Okay. Does it have a mic? Okay, hold on. Yeah, it does. It does. I think it might have you been... You can blow into it. I think it might have been, like, a Japan-only release. That doesn't... I'm, argue I'm just calling into there's... question the entire validity of the Coley's at this point. I'm going to throw them all out. There's there's nothing... It, was... it, it, it attaches to a microphone peripheral, it looks like. Like a rock star, okay. a rock band. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And so I guess what is it like so you don't get spit all over it? No, okay. Apparently what it's supposed to be... Let me send you an image that I found. <laughs> what it's supposed to be is, like, if you live in Japan and you're, like, in an apartment, you it oh. quiets you so that you don't wake up your neighbors. That's like, actually kind of cool. You can sing as loud right. as you want into the microphone cover. You're literally supposed to, like, cover your mouth with this and sing. Oh, it is cool. Yeah. Oh, I need I that. I take back everything I said. Yeah. Here, hold on. This one's the box. Whoops. Yeah, this one's the box, and it has the actual... I could use this for podcasts. <laughs> is it chocolate-flavored? Because I refuse to use it otherwise. I mean, it, it looks like he's either eating it or jamming it into his head as some sort of prosthetic or appendage of some sort. <laughs> I'm changing. I'm changing my vote. I'm voting for that now. So is that is that the gaming the new method of game playing? of the year for 2013? I was gonna say we were talking about the future. Is this the game of the future? Like no one cares about Oculus Rift. Like virtual reality. Like I said, kind of died in 1993. Just saying. Uh. The Game Cola Awards podcast. Everything but. So we're talking about the best games of 1973, right? 
Exactly. Hold on, what games were released in 73? Pong Duel, I think. I like Double Pong, I think. Uh, Double Pong? I'm seeing Empire, Empire Classic, Gotcha, Laser Clay Shooting System, Lemonade Stand, Lunar Lander, Mugwump, Space Race, and Trek 73. See, Lemonade Stand, I associate with, like, a Flash game that was popular when I was in middle school. <laughs> I don't think I'm thinking of the same thing. That yeah, this it's, it's probably is. not exactly the same. Sadly. It was like one of those like simulators where you like price your lemonade and like people wouldn't buy it if it started ringing <laughs> or if it snowed. Uh, actually, you, it sounds pretty similar. Though looking at the Wikipedia page, uh, it says that you do get weather reports for the day. Um, and I think that, that affects your game. Uh, thunderstorms, cloudy days. Yep. I was a lemonade stand master back in the day. That just kind of reminds me of uh, those games for the like TI eighty six or whatever. I have my TI eighty four. It games on it. I think we've been over how we don't understand how the newer ones have lower numbers. <laughs> I think this version doesn't have games I think, on it. I think more people just don't understand why they still exist. <laughs> Because it's the most advanced thing you can have for a standardized test that won't actually just do the math for you. I guess that's a good point. Yeah, I was I was about to say, why don't they just let them use their phones, but I'm <laughs> assuming that's because they could look up all the answers or text answers to each other, etc. Yeah. Kids these days. Did they have TI-83s in 1993? Uh, I wasn't in school in 1980. Wait, batteries on my calculator are running out. I was introduced, born at that point. Introduced in 1996. <laughs> I was born. Oh, that was... That was that was me. I am the TI-83. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. TI-82. Oh, TI-82 was introduced in 1993. Did they have Block Dude? That's the one that I played a lot. Um, Puzzle Swap, Dino Egg, and um, a Shape Push game. <laughs> shape Push? You, like, push shapes into each other to, like, make matches. I never put any games on mine, but I remember I used to play some sort of, like, there were platforms that were scrolling up, and you had this ball that you had to drop down between the platforms. Fall down. Fall down. And then most of my friends, they always played uh, some sort of, like, drug dealing game. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> drug wars. In fact, that's what I'm playing right now. <laughs> the price of heroin is skyrocketing, guys. <laughs> yes, uh, high school. Oh, I have a trench coat button. That's that's not horrible sounding. <laughs> a button? Oh, I I currently have zero drugs. Sorry. Lost. Do you have any money? Can you sell your trench coat? I I, I have a hundred money. <laughs> All right, so that that was 1973. The the game of the year I think we can all agree was either Block Dude or Drug Wars. 73? <laughs> I guess Lemonade Stand? Is that what we can agree on? Yeah, we can agree on that. All right, Game of the Year 1973. Game Cola stamp of approval goes to Lemonade Stand. <clears throat> the Apple II. It's a stamp. <laughs> I stamped it three times. Well, now Boys. I want to look at some of these 1983 games. Here's just a couple examples of, of how apparently game titles were way cooler in the 80s. Here's, here's three examples. I want my mommy. How about this one? The farmer's daughter. How about how about in search of the most amazing thing? I was just going to say and like <laughs> dude, hold on. 
did you look at the cover? <laughs> yeah, it's... Like, what is even happening? Oh, there better be links to all of these for our viewers if they've watched the video. Dude, yeah. Paul, you're missing three demon. <laughs> I hadn't gotten to that it, yet. It's in the beginning! I'm, I'm sorry, I'm too enthralled by the cover art of In Search of the Most Amazing Thing. <laughs> Is this an adventure game? I might have to play this. Oh, apparently Journey came out in 1983. <laughs> Whoops. That might be a problem for last year's <laughs> Granny's Garden. Attacking the Mutant Camels. Wasn't there a crash video oh, game okay. crash? Yeah, 1983 was when there was a video game crash. Yeah. That was the one that um, Nintendo saved. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I think it had more to do with arcades and stuff, didn't it? No, 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 that was 70, that was 77, I think. Was it? Oh. I think 983, because then the NES came out. Yeah, there was a flooded console market. Oh. Because, like, everyone was just um, doing, uh, giving out their consoles. I don't know, E.T., the E.T. game, I don't know, did it come out in 1993? No, it would definitely not 93. We're just making up numbers I mean, 83. now. Yeah. I think it was... Uh, it's not on the list. Hold on, let me... It says it's part of the crash. Okay, uh, well, it that. came out in 82, which is why... The movie came out in 82. Oh, the game is listed as coming out uh, December did, did come... December 82. Oh, okay. So. so that's probably why they group it together. Mr. Do. Sorry, that's actually 83. And then Nintendo came around in 85 and marketed their console as a children's toy rather than a console mm. apparently um uh, so i'm about to i'm about uh, ready to make my call for a game of the year for 1983 yeah it's a game called potty painter mm-hmm. the zx spectrum potty painter i have a feeling this game is not what i think it is <laughs> so i really just want it to be a game about painting toilets but <laughs> no it's a maze game oh what, what does that have to do with body? severely let down <laughs> There's a cover art. Uh, this is for Potty Painter in the Jungle, and there's uh, these tribal warriors. Uh, they appear to be sticking their head, or their hands, sorry, up this uh, gorilla's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a more, it's a little too literal translation of Potty Painter. <laughs> At least one of them is is sticking his hand just right, right up there. What is? What do they think they're actually? I don't get where the teddy bear. I see the teddy bear. He's painting, but he's not painting a toilet. <laughs> Where does the potty come from? See, and he's not a potty himself. Like it's not like he's a toilet doing the painting. Also- oh man, that would be cool. I see. I thought it was like this some kind of like artsy game about like crafting artisanal toilets. Maybe <laughs> like that would have been that would have been pretty awesome. I mean, like here I am, you know, burgeoning game developer here. Maybe these are some things I should keep in mind. The games that the people want. <laughs> I want a game about painting toilets. I'm so confused by this cover. <laughs> it is life. It I'm is going love. to stop looking at this cover now. I'm, I'm sorry. We we seem to have overlooked Chuck Norris Super Kicks, <laughs> Cosmic Gorilla, Crystals of Zong, Cuthbert Goes Digging, and of course the related game Cuthbert Goes Walkabout, and who could forget Fortress of the Mutant Waffles. What? (laughs) Wow. All game of the year. All of them. All of them. They all win. Uh, Now if we want an actual game of the year for 1983, um, one game that's pretty uh, clearly jumping out at me, King's Quest. 
Original King's Quest, 1983. Although, was that actually good? Uh, I think Kool-Aid Man. Uh, Kool-Aid Man. That's I don't even know anything game. about it other than it stars the Kool-Aid Man. It has to be better. How about Micro Mouse Goes Debugging? I was just looking at that. Yeah. <laughs> also... Wow, wait, check out this game. The premise is to control Micro Mouse around a screen that contained lines of basic, some of which are mi- missing. You have to replace the code and avoid bugs that are trying to kill you. Wow. Secret of Bastille Manor. <laughs> just look at the cover. Like, if you just <laughs> cut out... Where is his eye? <laughs> wait, wait. He's holding... Oh, wait, no, okay. The, the lady's holding the candle. But still, like... Is that her hand to... that's like a creepy monster hand? <laughs> it's the hand of the painting that's floating behind me. <laughs> and I don't know why they're all doing this in front of the mansion. And it's his definitely not Sherlock just Holmes, gone. just gonna say. Is he just half a zombie? Roban. Okay. I like how it has now, 64. We were, this is definitely... So I'm going to vote best game of 1983 is, quote, not Tron. <laughs> uh, I also like, like, it just looks like... Wait, what do you mean, quote, to not Tron? Does it actually yeah. say that somewhere? In the image of the cover, I'm just going to say the cover itself screams not Tron. <laughs> actually, I, I will give a legitimate tip of the hat to Jetpack. Uh, which was a 1983 game. Uh, you may recall if you played Donkey Kong 64, there was a hidden arcade level where you could, I believe you could play the original Donkey Kong, and in addition you could play Jetpack as well, where you're this astronaut on a hostile planet and you're trying to reassemble your spaceship where the parts have been thrown all over the place. And that's a pretty good game. As simple as it is, Decent replay value and a lot of fun. So I, I have a legitimate vote for a 1983 game. <laughs> Weren't we also thinking of playing uh, a jetpack game during our Ho Ho Holiday livecast extravaganza? Different jetpack. This is jetpack ending in a C. The other one's jetpack ending in a K. Oh. And that's a more of a puzzle platformer, which is also excellent. Actually, it's more excellent because... Uh, Jetpack without a K. That that K gives it at least an extra star on a five point scale. <laughs> what other games? Son of Blagger. Well, considering the fact that the market crashed because there were so many games, I think we might have a little trouble going through all of the games in 1983. Right. I would like to nominate Revenge of the Beefsteak Tomatoes. <laughs> Again, this is this is thrilling for the people who are listening to this at home, but I want you guys to just look at this cover art. Cause it's a tomato that has bullhorns coming out of its head and is a, it's just a bull. It's a bull tomato. There you are see, flying ones in the background. What's going to happen is we're not inconveniencing the listeners at home. We're inconveniencing whoever it is who has to write and edit this article because there's going to be hyperlinks galore to all of these references. Actually... Who will probably be most confused is anyone who, instead of listening to this on you know GameCola.net, gaming outside the mainstream, our actual internet website, uh, they're listening. You have a website now? We do. Things have changed. I know it's almost like we've upgraded to 2003. Well, uh, wait, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, the people who <laughs> who will be most confused are the ones who actually just go on iTunes, upload it to their you know iPod, and then listen to it a month later when they're in their car. They just hear what we're talking about and they can't see anything. 
how I listen to it. <laughs> um, I'm just still reading the Revenge of the Beefsteak Tomatoes. All right, uh, a couple of things. Uh, one, this is from the back of the box. Perhaps it was a form of protest against bottled ketchup. Or maybe they were provoked by acid rain. <laughs> However, they came into awareness. Tomatoes have become killers. That sounds very familiar, actually. That's interesting. Uh, the other thing is that it was uh, they did a publicity stunt for this game during the Super Bowl. Two people dressed as giant tomatoes seated near the end zone. <laughs> picketing with signs that read, Beefsteak tomatoes demand revenge. <laughs> okay. Do you have a, is there a picture of that? This is, welcome to Google Images, the podcast. <laughs> Actually, if, again, if we're talking about legitimate votes, uh, spy, arcade games, 83 was a really good year for arcade – well, maybe not really good year, but definitely a good year for arcade games. You had Spy Hunter, uh, which is a uh, sort of a shoot 'em up racing – not really racing kind of game, but you're, you're this um, – you're driving in a car, uh, top down, and then racing around other things and shooting things. Uh, lots of fun. And then Star Wars, the arcade game. So the original, you are an X-wing pilot, 3D first-person shooting up Tie Fighters and going after the Death Star. So uh, that was pretty big for the time. Hold on, sorry, I'm I'm mildly distracted because Paul Sword Quest came out. In 1983, apparently. Oh, but I don't think that game was good. <laughs> oh, it was... Uh, it started with Earthworld in 82, but then Fireworld and Waterworld were 83. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those games weren't any good, though, is the problem. But you could win, like, a literal golden <laughs> crown or something, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, a uh, crown, I think there was a sword, a chalice. Um, yeah, they did yeah. this whole big contest, but... Uh, they they kind of gave up on it toward the end because nobody liked the games. And I, I think the last anyone heard of these valued prizes, they were like on the Atari president's like mantle in his home. <laughs> the winners of the four-game contest would go on to a final competition where they would compete for a sword valued at $50,000. Like, it's just crazy to think at that time to be spending that much money on video games, you know? That is pretty cool. I do remember, uh, oh, there was a contest in Nintendo Power, I think, where you were supposed to, you're supposed to get to a certain point in the original Final Fantasy, uh, where you were supposed to get to Mech Warrior or whatever it was called. Warmech. Warmech. Thank, thank, sorry. Yes, Warmech. You were supposed to get to Warmech, take a picture of you fighting Warmech, and mail that into them. Hmm. But uh, that would have been before. My time, I believe. Hmm. We've also overlooked Planetfall, which is a text adventure, still doing text adventures at the time in 1983, which is in a, a, sort of a spiritual predecessor to the Space Quest series. There is a mop and bucket in the cover. So we've we've had everybody along for the ride on the Game Cola crew reads through the Wikipedia <laughs> entries for 1983. Shall we dare move on to 93 like well, we were talking we, about? We need to declare something as the game of the year for 1983. We already did whatever Everything. we decided was... What was 73? I already forgot what 73 Lemonade was. Lemonade Stand. Lemonade Stand for 73. So, Nathaniel, you seem to be the only one um, who has actually played any of these games. <laughs> So I'm put I'm putting it on you. What's the game of the year for 1983? Well, goodness, do we do we want to go with the legitimate winner mm -hmm. or legit do we want to go with the it it's the most amusing winner? No, no, no. Legit game of the year, Nathaniel. Legit game of the year? 
Oh, wait a second. Dragon's Lair was out then? <laughs> if you get this wrong, Anna is fired. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, the tenth time by this point? <laughs> Yes, half of those in this podcast alone. Yeah, pretty much. The rest have been spread out throughout like the whole year. No, I, I, I think honestly, having played a lot of these, um, I, I can say unequivocally, the game of the year of 1983 is Revenge of the Beefsteak Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that covers 1983 then. Okay, shall we move on to laugh? the next decade? Yes. All right. 1993. Uh, should we maybe forego the complete list and just go for the notable releases as given by Wikipedia? We should. Yeah. Notable releases plus NHL 94, which is criminally not on the list. <laughs> and uh, actually, color... you know what? Uh, give me five. Give me a minute, and it will be on the list. Color, <laughs> <laughs> color a dinosaur. Oh, well, I'm. I'm still going to be looking at the full list of games that Wikipedia has to offer, because otherwise we would overlook such gems as Awesome Possum, dot, 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 kicks Dr. Machino's butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to vote, vote for Chip and Dale, too, yeah. uh, because I just finished watching that show. Oh, Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. Yeah, and there's, like, actual favorite. games on this list. Paul's favorite, right. Bubsy. Friggin' Bubsy? No. No. Goof Troop. Found Goof Troop. I found Ninja Baseball Batman. What? <laughs> Holy Ninja Baseball Batman! Holy Rainbow um, Batman. What is this? That store made it was an arcade game. Oh, I think I might have seen pictures of this before. Well, oh, here. NHL 94 did make the list. These aren't ninjas, well, but these are, they look more like robots. Robocop versus the Terminator. Yep. But now you've got some real heavy hitters that people nowadays still remember and have heard of. You've got Doom yeah. that showed up here. And then you've also got, maybe not as widely known, but still highly regarded, uh, Aladdin. Disney's Aladdin. You've got classy platformer uh, on multiple systems. You've got three Mega Man games. <laughs> Six. Um, <laughs> Wait, games. how do we have three Mega Man games? <laughs> we have Mega Man oh, no. 6. Oh, we, that's right, we would. Mega Man 4 for the Game Boy, and then Mega right. Man X. That's I own right. that game. I've played that. I've played two of those. I own one of them and have played one of them. <laughs> and I am really bad at that one. <laughs> I like Mega Man Six. That's my that's my two cents. There you go. Uh, Duke Nukem Two is another one that uh, be- before he was really the foul mouthed, not safe for children <laughs> Duke. Uh, he was just action platformer hero dude. And two is pretty good. It's it's a fun waste of time. Sort of, uh, I, I guess it's, it feels more like Commander Keen with a gun. Mm. Unless Commander Keen had a gun. I, I think I started to play one of those games at one point. Oh, Street Fighter 2. Um, you guys, the CDI Zelda games came out this year. Yeah. So. Yeah. I have Great. Operation Logic Bomb. <laughs> um, I still like Ninja Baseball Batman. That sounds amazing. Um, Dangerous Dave's Risky Rescue. Uh, here's, I've got Jetpack. I thought that was '83. Is this the one uh, this is the, the new. Oh wow! Separated the decade apart. Yeah, this is the new, and I would say better Jetpack, uh, which is kind of completely unrelated. It's you have a jetpack and you go around and collect gems and dodge enemies, avoid obstacles and traps, and yeah. Uh, but again, fun little 
Mm, puzzly platformer. Uh, Joe and Mac 2, Lost in the Tropics. The no, Jungle Book no. video game. No, no, boo, Joe and Mac 2, boo. <laughs> boo. I, I've, I've heard of the original, but I don't think yeah. I've heard of 2. Oh, Pepper's Adventures in Time. I think uh, Michael Gray tried to do a let's. Uh, Michael Gray and I tried to do a let's play of that at one point. Uh, educational title. Uh, I think you create a time machine and meet with Ben Franklin and such. Oh wait, I heard of that. I've heard of that. I tried watching someone play through that game, but I didn't get very far. <laughs> Space Quest Five. Yeah, neither did we. Yep. Also, a nightmare-inducing class act, um, which is still like my second or third favorite adventure game of all time. <laughs> I like how it has um, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition, and Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting all ooh. the same. <laughs> well, then, of course, now, now you've got people really capitalizing on the movie tie-ins, and you've got three different flavors of Jurassic Park for three different systems, and they're completely different. Mm-hmm. The Sega one's a platformer, and the NES one is like a top-down runaround. I'm, I'm okay. just gonna I'm just going to throw this game out there. Super Methane Brothers. I was looking at that. You have, you have a fart gun. <laughs> it's methane. No, it's a fart gun. Methane. You shoot people with farts. Wait, hold on. Fury of the Furries? Oh, and it, it, no, I was, no. okay, okay, okay. I was greatly misled by this title. Wait, 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 guys. This is a year of Super Nintendo. Guess how many games start with the word super? Oh, goodness. No, don't a count. Lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Yes. Do we want to guess? Like, I'm going to, like, yes. just glancing at it, I'm going to say 22. Just not even counting. Someone else guess. 30. 70. <laughs> um, A million. The ones where the super is kept separate, it's 20, 24. Oh, wow. Jetty, you were close. I was close. Although, now, technically, I do want to point out that Super Dimension Fortress Macross is the literal title of the show, so it doesn't quite count. One of the things on here, one of the games on this list is actually uh, a game that I just played like last week, Quantum Gate, FMV game. Uh, the highlight of this game for me, though, was um, the military does this PowerPoint presentation to show you why the Earth is dying. And on part of the PowerPoint presentation, they like, like they showed an animated GIF of the commander's head floating up and down sideways on the side of the screen. And it, it was wonderful. <laughs> I recommend this game, Game of the Year, 10 out of 10. Three games people might have heard of that are fairly big from this year. You've got Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, uh, which is one of my... I'm, I'm not a big Zelda fan, but I do like that one. That's the Game Boy, the first Game Boy game. Um, and then Myst, which I've tried to play about three different times, and every time uh, my computer has not been able to handle the immense power that uh, the actual is required video, by a 1993 game. The full motion. Uh, Shining... Shining Force 2 is on here. Yeah. I think uh, that and then the, the first, well, I don't know if it was the first, but Luffy and the Fortress of Doom. Oh. People have heard of it. Uh, oh, God. A, C- a, a, a CDI sex game came out. What? <laughs> Called Voyeur. Oh, is that is that what that is? I didn't actually look at it. I saw, yeah. I saw it in yeah. the list. Full motion female nudity in simulated sex scenes. What? Wasn't nah. the CDI a system for, like, schools? <laughs> Actually, no. The um, I remember playing. I, I think it was the CDI. I remember playing a demo of the CDI in a store at one point. I couldn't even wrap my head around what it was supposed to be because it didn't have Nintendo or Sega on the box. <laughs> so I, I tried it, and I I remember it being a more violent shooter type game. Um, huh. I, I I couldn't for the life of me tell you anything about it, but 
aside from that. I guess, I guess the reason I said that is because um, for a summer during college, I worked uh, as a as a seasonal uh, custodial assistant, uh, janitor, in other words. <laughs> And uh, then that that would be me burying the lead there. But um, they they were uh, getting away, just give, getting rid of a pile of broken CDIs <laughs> that they had apparently acquired sometime during the nineties. I I took two of them home. I couldn't get either of them to work though. Huh. Yeah, I, 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 I could be playing Voyeur right now. I'm a drag. So Paul, we were having this discussion be, before the uh, podcast began. Secret of Mana came out this yes. year. Game of the and year. It's you game seem of to be a very and it's you seem to be a very of strong supporter of Secret of Mana. It's what, the what, game what? of all of the years. <laughs> Why? Why? Because it's awesome. I don't know. I haven't played it in like 15 years. See, okay, and that's why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is that I I used to love Secret of Mana, depending on your regional uh, dialect. Uh, <laughs> and okay. then I played it. Sorry, then I played it maybe you know five six years ago after not having played it in you know ten years. And the story that I remember literally does not exist. Like, there is not really a story. <laughs> no, I, I actually did play it uh, a couple of years ago uh, with Lizzo. And, yeah, I had exactly the same... Like, and I remember playing it as a kid and thinking, wow, this, this story is... Like, it's like I guess I just thought the fact that it had a story made it really cool. Yeah. But, but there's just... There's just, like, a whole lot of nothing in there. Like... I, I was still really enjoying the game mechanics. Like the only thing from a mechanical perspective that I really don't like is how the game like essentially pauses whenever anyone wants to cast a spell because they have to go through their little menus. But um, I, I still think it's a really good game. I really had a blast playing it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen I've seen a lot of people like start up let's plays of Secret of Man and going, yeah, this is a great game. We'll have a great time. And I'll go through it. And it's like maybe it's not necessarily the game is bad, but it's not like as not or as quick paced RPG as they kind of remember it being. Yeah, yeah. I, I get the feeling because I only just finished Secret of Mana maybe a week or two ago, mm-hmm. uh, having started it mm, several months ago, almost a year ago at this point. Uh, tried to sit down with my wife to play it, and so that's when we learned that when we sit down to play games together, it should be one that one of us has played already. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, we get frustrated and spin around in circles. Uh, <laughs> Although we're not taking our own advice and are now playing Lego Indiana Jones 2 uh, for the first time, both of us. Um, but we're at least I, I, committing I, to using a walkthrough at the first sign of trouble. Instead I of predict just that you will have a lot less trouble with Lego games. It, yeah, well, you'd be surprised. Uh, yes. Lego Indy 1 was a very, very difficult well, experience. Are you, are you just like trying to play the game straight or are you trying to get all the unlockables and stuff? Uh, trying to play the game straight first and then go back for all of the unlockables, and oh we God, almost didn't spend... make it through some of the levels the first time around. You'll but that spend was more technical. Your issues. entire life playing that game if you try to get all the unlockables. Well, we we did. Like we ultimately possible. did get all the unlockables. Wow. But... Yeah. Well, no, the Lego games are okay because it's not like all of the top secret, super hidden. You can only get one shot at this kind of secrets that some games have. Okay. It's it, more organized in that there is a finite number of things that you can count on in each stage and come back to them. So yeah, if you're using a walkthrough, of course you can go back and find them. It's just a matter of being able to time it right to get some of the, the tough stuff. But it's it's not as impossible as some other things. I'm now playing through Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes for the GameCube, which just reading up a little bit about it seems to have so many secrets and 
so many extras on so many difficulty modes that that's the kind of thing that you'll be there for an eternity trying to go back and fill in everything. But yeah, Secret of Mana, I'm playing for the first time with my wife, and then she's... So she is all expecting two players running around bopping stuff on the head. And we start to play, and it's just me. I'm the lead character. And I run around town, and I beat up a monster, and I get kicked out of town. And so she's used to watching me play video games, but she had signed up to play a video game with me. And then at the very end, we get the girl. Not the sprite, because apparently you're supposed to get the sprite next, and the story flows better. So then we get the girl. At the, and we're, like, getting tired and getting ready to, mm-hmm. to sign off. And say, no, 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 we'll go back out to the killing fields, and we'll bop things on the head for a couple of minutes, just so that you can say you've started to play the game. So we get out there, and bopping things on the head is fun, as it usually is. And then we leave, and then it takes a lot of effort to get her to come back again because she's under the impression that she's never going to play the game. She's just going to sit there and watch. I'm like, no, 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 seriously. You're a party member now. I'm sure you're a permanent fixture. There's only three characters in the whole game, so it can't be that bad. And we start to play, and because we've apparently done things out of order and got the girl before we get the sprite, uh, we head into the cave where we get this other party member, and she says, the girl says, oh, heck no, I'm not going in that oh, cave. Yeah. You can you can count me out. And so there I go, 10 minutes into our next play session, and I'm walking through a cave all alone, and my wife is watching me play video games once more. <laughs> so it, a, a month or two later, I convinced her to get together for a third playing session, and then the two of us are back together again beating stuff up. And then she's realizing, you know what, This we're running around in circles. We are completely lost on the overworld. We really need a map. Uh, or we need more landmarks as we're going around. We don't really know, and part of it's because the plot isn't really driving you in one direction or another. Like, it's open-ended, but it's not really open-ended, but it doesn't feel like it's not open-ended or totally open-ended. So, I don't know, it's just, it it was weird. We were getting lost, we were getting confused, we were getting frustrated. So I finally said, you know what, I will play through this on my own. You can jump ship, totally fine. And then, if we like it, then we can go back and play it together once one of us knows what we're doing. Well, I've played through it, And I can see where if you'd played it when you were younger, it could really be revolutionary and very exciting because there's a lot of things in the game that really weren't big things in 1993 or not terribly commonplace. You know, being able to fly around on the dragon when you get it is pretty cool 3D, you know, zooming around. You've got all the three party members you can have simultaneously whomping stuff and then swapping around. The magic system's unique. Um, You know, there's, there's a lot of interesting things. The weapon system, where you can switch weapons sort of like Crystallis um, at the drop of a hat, and then you can upgrade some of your weapons as well so that they're stronger. And that's cool. There's, there's a lot of good things. But as I was playing through the game for the first time, I was seeing a lot of things that I had seen done better in other games or things that just, I don't know, like the hit detection was really weird. I would whack something and just, there would be no, like the sword just goes through it, and then maybe a couple moments later, some number of damage will show up over top of it. So it was just, it was a weird experience. So I'm sorry, that's a total downer. Super Mario All-Stars came out this year, and that was great. Okay, from the the perspective of someone who had like played the originals in the original, like, how much better was All-Stars? Because I had always thought that I had grown up playing the original Mario 3, but just poured to the Game Boy. But then it turns out, you know, once I discovered what the internet was and how to look things up, that I had been playing the All-Stars version that had been ported to the Game Boy. So I don't know, like, did it look I mean, a lot the, uh, better? The All-Stars, version were, the All-Stars version for me was, was kind of revolutionary. One, because it had the wonderful Super Mario World-style graphics, but more importantly, 
you could save your damn progress. <laughs> I mean, that that kind of like made any if there were any changes for the worse in that game, which there there probably were. It that negated everything for me because it meant I didn't have to sit there and play like the entirety of Mario three in one setting. It's funny because the games that are ported onto the um, Virtual Console for the 3DS basically have save states. That's then there you go. Then that works too. Honestly, for me, Super Mario All-Stars is the pinnacle of re-releases because it, it the game mechanics are completely the same. The level designs are completely the same. Everything about it is exactly the same. It just has graphics that are updated to fit the more modern system and music that has basically a different instrument set. It's not totally remixed, it's not redone, it's not altered, it's just we are taking the exact same game that you grew up with and know and love, and we are updating the elements that can very easily be updated without changing the core feel of it. So it looks and sounds like a modern game, but it still plays exactly like the original games. And on top of that, you have a save feature, you have not three, but four games in the same package. You also have a game that never made its state size, Super Mario Bros. The lots, the, the lots of levels, the lost levels. <laughs> the only two changes that I can think of uh, are that in the bonus levels in Mario 1, there's a big picture of Mario in the background, I think, doing the peace sign. It says bonus, which is a little goofy, but it, it at least makes it clear for a more od- modern audience that, yes, this isn't just some random place. This is actually a bonus level. Um, so it, I'm okay with that. It's, it's not terrific, but I can live with it. And playing as Luigi... Uh, Luigi's game physics are altered. Uh, they're a little more like what you're used to in some of the later Mario games of, you know, Luigi being the, the high jumper and Mario being the more well-rounded guy. Um, so they, they did change up the game physics a little bit, which I think is for the better because I find the original Super Mario Brothers is more playable as Luigi. Did they, <laughs> it handles a little better. Did they do that in any game, like, original re- release for any game except 2? I remember that being a thing in two, but not really. I don't think until All Stars, because one and three, I'm pretty sure Mario and Luigi are exactly the same. Same deal yeah. with Super Mario World, uh, even. So I would be inclined to say All Stars was the first place where they did that. Yeah, gotta say, okay. not a fan of the Luigi jump. I've I've never I've never like I never play as Luigi in Mario two mm-hmm. because of it. And uh, even uh, my Lizzo, my wife and I have been playing. Uh, New Super Luigi U, which was an actual 2013 release. Um, and we just play as, like, the Toads, because nobody wants to play as Luigi. He does take some getting used to, but yeah. there is some charm. Yeah. yeah. We could talk about Tinkle Pit. <laughs> what? I believe that's the sequel to Toilet Painter. Or whatever. <laughs> Bravo. That just sounds like something I don't want to know. Maybe I mean, it should... is literally, it is actually what I call my bathroom. Gotta go to the Tinkle Pit, guys. <laughs> Maybe we should name a, a, a Game of the Year for 1993. Uh, but we, well, we haven't even listed, like, half of them. There is uh, Star Fox. Well, well, let's, let's go well through these are games that we can genuinely talk about. I mean, I, I just had, I, I got off my soapbox just a couple minutes ago about <laughs> Secret of Mana, and everybody else has a soapbox they, they haven't used yet, so I might just uh, steal theirs and talk about other mm-hmm. games. I'm having I'm having a crisis right now. Because I don't know, like I'm looking at the list of notable releases from 1993. Secret of Mana and Day of the Tentacle both came out that year, so I I don't know which I can vote for. Well, I don't know which is the best. I guess probably Secret of Mana, despite all the 
the horrible, horrible things Nathaniel said about it. <laughs> it's the game I've... Oh, God, but I've gone back to Day of the Tentacle so many so many times since it came out, too. Oh, jeez. This is the worst. I hate this podcast. <laughs> We're all fired. You're, you are all fired. Thank you, Joe. Mutant League football. Yeah. I don't know. Should, I mean, should we should we like should we put it to a vote? Because <laughs> I I, th- I feel like we're all going to have our own games that we're going to want to say is game of the year for 1993. Yeah. Did we mention Doom? I think we mentioned Doom. We mentioned. Can we Doom. all agree on Clay Fighter? Yes. <laughs> sure. Sorry, I was more a fan of Clay Fighter 63 and a third. <laughs> uh, Breath of Fire 7. Sorry. I mean, I'm a fan of you know JRPGs, so I'm like just looking at all these and be like, wow, this was a good idea. Like Lufia and Breath of Fire, and Seventh Saga, and Secret of Mana. Like, it just keeps going. Now, I, th- I believe, Jetty, you mentioned before that uh, that a certain game called a staff member had nominated uh, Color a Dinosaur. Yes, uh, someone did and nominate. I'm just going to point out that, and I and I made this joke earlier uh, before we started recording, but that wasn't even the best game about dinosaurs that came out in 1994. <laughs> Looking at it right now, there's a game called Dinosaurs for Hire, and that sounds amazing. Oh, I think I've seen that. I think I've seen that. It is amazing. <laughs> I don't know if it's fun, but it's amazing. I think it controls really no, bad, yeah. but I'm pretty sure you play as dinosaurs running around shooting yeah. people. Talking about games that have great covers, I'm looking at a dinosaur wearing sunglasses, shooting a giant bazooka. Yeah. Another one holding up a revolver, wearing like a, a like a suit and a leather jacket. Like, yeah. And then there's another one with a scarf, and it's got two pistols. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's like going to shoot up Hogwarts. <laughs> like, what is this? Wow. There's another. Hold on. There's there's another cover when I clicked on uh, the link at Moby Games. And I think you might want to see this, Paul. Let me just... Show me. It's got a dinosaur with, like, a pterodactyl. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, and he seems to be shooting... Wow. Oh, wait, now, now this is interesting. This really this really says something about how they're marketing to a Super Nintendo versus Genesis audience. Because the Super Nintendo one was, like, you know, cartoony, happy Hogwarts dinosaurs. And this one's, like, we are going to destroy all of your faces with our bullet guns. Like, like what? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what this gun even is because it looks too big for what is coming out of it. Like, is it, like, an automatic shotgun? Like... I thought it was, like, a Gatling gun. Uh, I don't know. It's... I don't know. I, I, which I only know from Wolfenstein. Well, so. At first, I assumed it was like some sort of grenade launcher. Mm. But no, I it see... has the little bullet casings coming. Yeah, out that's of what it, I was though. looking at. But they're yeah. <laughs> like for a handheld gun. I don't think they usually have bullets that large. Hold on, I'm gonna look at the screenshots though. I mean, I think we're gonna call Dinosaurs for Hire, you know, game, game of the year, 1993. Though I would like to put in a good word for Kirby's Adventure. It's Somebody, true. Kirby's Adventure. I, I need to play that, because Kirby's like my jam, mm-hmm. but I've never gone back to Kirby's Adventures. Uh, you, know what I've, uh, you know what? Actually, I uh, on the subject of Super Mario All-Stars and uh, ideal compilations, I just got Kirby's Dream Collection for the Wii, oh, yeah, which is nice. another outstanding uh, re-release. So not, not so much revamp, but just straight up, collection of existing games that we didn't touch we didn't mess with them uh it's super because you start up the game you have a cute little splash screen and you know the little intros and then you've got three options you've got brand new game mode which is inspired by one of the more modern kirby things you've got a uh, like hallway of kirby's history and you can learn all sorts of interesting things about the game series and then you've got one window that you go into that has 
all of the games in the collection. It's just you move the cursor. It's a single screen, and you pick which game based on the box art, and then you play that game. And the controls are the same, and the graphics and the sound, everything's the same. And that's really a great way to package a game, because you have everything that you came for, completely unadulterated, very easy interface. And then you've got extra little bonus history for the people who are big junkies and already own the games but want a little something extra. And you've got something for the newcomers who want some new gameplay as well. So really well done so far, as far as how I've far seen. Does, how far does it go? It is Kirby's Dreamland. Kirby's Adventure, Kirby's Dreamland 2 and 3, Kirby's Superstar, and Kirby eats a lot of things and goes into the weight rehab clinic, I think was the last one. Does it have does it have 64 or crystal shards? Yes, yes it does. That's that's the one. That was the one that was like held up between Superstar as like the best Kirby game of all time. For I think it was Superstar and then Crystal Shards, which were argued as the best of all time for a long time. Now I would I would put um, Return to Dreamland up there with them, but that's just me. That game did not come out in 2013, though, mm-hmm. or any any other year that ended in a three. I'm pretty sure it came out in like 12. So did we did we name a winner for 1993? I believe Star Fox. What dinosaurs? <laughs> did dinosaurs with guns. The game. Dinosaurs for hire. Did did you guys look at the screenshot I sent? Yes, yes, I've seen. Yeah, it's a game I've Di- seen. Dinosaur jumping up and down on a on a turtle, shooting a samurai who I, he may have a lightsaber, he may not. It's hard to tell. <laughs> I'm I'm man, it's two player too, so I'm I'm uh, patiently awaiting the uh, game called co-op let's play. Just gonna throw that out there. Is it simultaneous two player or is it like alternating two player? Oh, because oh, I don't see question. two on the screen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It could be that the guy there's... making the screenshots just didn't. Uh... True. No, because I've seen it. I've seen. I've seen this game on um, a show, and they they it, they have three people on the show, and they always do like multi simultaneous multiplayer if it's an option. So I don't think. I think well, it's that's just kinda, that's thing. that's kind of disappointing then. All right. Well, now now it lost my vote. <laughs> so are we moving on to 2003. We have not picked the official game yet, Jetty. Oh, uh, Sam and Max? Well, if it's going to be a LucasArts game, it's Day of the Tentacle. <laughs> we'll let Paul pick this one. What? All right. Um, Secret of Mana, then. <laughs> 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 a game we can all agree on. I've never played it. We can all agree that yes, it is a can, game. We can all agree uh, Anna is fired <laughs> and Secret of Mana... 1993 Eleven. game of the year, game And everyone lived happily ever after. <laughs> okay. 2003? 2003. I can do this one. I, think, I can do this one. I think fewer games came out in 2003 than came out in 1993, according to this 2003 video games list. Although, right. is this taking into account computer games as well, still? Yeah. Like, because now we're starting to get into the indie scene, and I don't remember when Steam came out, but I'm pretty sure they would have been around in 2003. Um, I, I didn't get to, was, to playing any Steam yeah. games until like five years after they were all released. But okay, going through this, let's see which of these I have played. Oh, um, ooh, Advance Wars Two, Black War Rising. I rented that. It was fun. This Advanced is when Wars. I was still playing Barbie games and Disney games. <laughs> oh man, this is great. This is like the I didn't realize 2003. Oh, of course I realized it. No, 2003 is I, I think my favorite year so far of all of these because. These are actually a number of games that I not only like, but really like. So I'm I am approving of uh, what's going on here so far. 
The Elder Scrolls Three Blood Moon immediately caught my eye. So Morrowind, uh, playing through Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind and the two expansion packs, Tribunal and Blood Moon, uh, was the best ten months of my life that I've spent in uh, the last couple of years in terms of gaming. And uh, Blood Moon was my favorite of the expansions because you go to this cold, snowy aisle where the monsters are all completely different, and there's and I I like ice and snow kind of aesthetic, so this was really great for me. And you also sort of got to build a town from scratch uh, on top of all of your other adventuring. So I, I approve of that. Very much enjoyed that. And now I've gotten my wife playing Elder Scrolls 3 and I haven't seen her for a few weeks. <laughs> Speaking of games that you could play for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, and it's even worse because my, my wife is going through it systematically. See, whereas I, I went through, and I'm a completionist, but I recognized early on there's no way I was going to be able to find everything that there was to do in the game. So I was just having fun stealing people's pillows and whacking rats with a hammer. <laughs> so my wife has gone through very systematically talking to each person in turn, investigating every house one at a time, and not leaving an area until everything you can possibly do in the area has been done, and then possibly moving on to the next section and doing everything systematically. I'm like, you are never going to win this game. <laughs> I was just noticing, uh, you know, Game Cola gaming outside the mainstream. Uh, Call of Duty apparently came out in 2003. Oh, yeah? Call of what No, I never heard of it. It just had a funny I, I believe name. It's related, I believe it's related to those toilet games we keep talking oh, about. Yes. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Air Ride. Kirby Air Ride came out in 2003. That was... Kirby Air Ride had the one side mode that was like better than the whole game, like times three. But it was like amazing. The city mode, you could... So Kirby Air Ride is a Kirby racing game. Okay. And so like you had these different carts and you, you'd race around. And it was okay, um... Like, you could kind of try to get items while you were racing, and it was, like, the Kirby powers and those. And it's fun. But, like, there's also um, City Trial. That's what it's called. And you're just put in this big open world. And the point is, is like, it's supposed to be, like, this setup for you playing a mini game where you run around and collect power-ups. And then, like, after a certain time on it, you go into the game with those power-ups. But if you could set the timer to, like, you know, the 99 minutes... And you could just mess around. And this overworld was, like, huge, like, considering. And you could just, like, and the Kirby cars, like, fly. So you could just, like, fly around. (laughs) In this giant world with all the carts that you could have. And you're just flying around with your friends, just going all over the place. And you could, like, jump into a volcano. (laughs) And that was right next to, like, city. And you could could jump from a volcano and glide over to, like, a city skyscraper area and be on top of the skyscrapers and then, like, fly down into an ice area, slide down a mountain into the ocean onto a grind rail that, like, went all the way, halfway around the map back into the city under to an underground place where your friend was off doing something completely different. <laughs> it was amazing. So, so Game of 20... Or, yeah, 2003. <laughs> Game of 2003. I, I haven't quite figured out what my pick is going to be, but I have figured out what Jetty's is. Uh-oh. Jetty, Kingdom of Loathing came out in 2003. I did see that. Yeah. Although I was also looking at uh, Front Mission 4, which, if you recall, I uh, wrote a poem about. <laughs> I do recall that. Yes. <laughs> we also have Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, which is the first game of the Mario & Luigi RPG series that kind of branched off after Legend of the Seven Stars. Mm. It went into Paper Mario and then the, the handheld games. I like those. I don't. I didn't... Ever owned Superstar Saga? I've owned all the other ones. 
I, I need to give it a second chance because the when I played it originally when it came out, I was just like, this isn't Mario RPG. This, this isn't Mario RPG. What, what's going on? I'm going to jump into... I games I played this, this year. Yeah? Yes. Uh, Harry Potter, Quidditch World Cup. <laughs> hey, that was actually oh, a cool game. I liked game. that. I love that game. I still have it. And also, uh, this is kind of funny because I remember my um, orthodontist had a PlayStation 2 in the waiting room. Yeah. And so I have played Disney's Extreme Skate Adventure. <laughs> oh, I've played that before. Yeah. It was interesting. Very interesting. I rented it, I think. But I think that's it, because I don't think I even played any of the Barbie games that came out. All three of those horse Barbie I've, games that came out. I found five Mega Man games that came out in 2003. And they were all okay, to yeah. different degrees, more or less. Battle I am Challenge actually. I haven't played Battle Network Four. Network uh, Transmission I, X Seven and Zero Two. I am a little upset that we're skipping over the uh, adult visual novel "Pick Me, Honey." <laughs> I'm not in peas yet. I'm just I'm gonna an say. I'm just gonna point out the premise of this game is that you play as a guy who invited all the girls in your school to your birthday party, and then no one showed up. <laughs> Nobody. Oh. So your parents had to organize a birthday party for you. Uh. <laughs> Did we, uh, did wait, we mention... Here we go. Here's a game for the, oh, the Phoenix Wright fans. Uh, Turnabout. Turnabout. Turnabout the game. <laughs> uh, it's a puzzle game. So uh, uh, with Phoenix Wright. I was going to say, do we mention Mario Kart Double Dash? I was going to go yeah. back to that, yeah. Mario Kart Double Dash. Yeah. My opinion, best Mario Kart game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, if you don't mind winning by luck every time and having all your skill backfire in your face at the last well, that could, three seconds. You could say that for basically... Every game. Yeah, that's, that's no, all more, more so. Then. More so for Double Dash because I played a fair amount of Double Dash with some friends and played more than a fair amount of Mario Kart 64 and a little bit of Mario Kart 7 or Wii or whatever the other one is that the new one that's good. Uh, but it did not matter how good at the game I I had gotten. Double Dash was inevitably, anytime I start to win, I lose. Anytime I start to lose, I win. Mario Kart 64, anytime I start to win, maybe it gets a little harder to stay in winning position. Maybe I slip back a little bit, but I at least kind of win some of the time. I could have just as easily rolled dice to see who would have finished first or second or whatever uh, in Double Dash. So that, I just... that, that's, that's what I was going to say, too, is that um, I, I, and I and I think this probably makes me a bit of a curmudgeon, but I, I can't I find almost all of the Mario Kart games besides like 64 kind of unplayable. Like the courses are way more vibrant and exciting, like much deeper characters. It doesn't matter because I can win and then, and then just lose. Like I, it's, it's so, it's so random. It's so Mario part party ish. Drives See, me I, I, I mostly play Mario Kart games with like friends. I don't try to like do the single player and get all the stuff from that. I play enough to get the majority of the carts unlocked and that's about it. And the, just being able to do the double dash part, like having the two characters and one person does your items while one person drives and like coordinating all that is just, um, it's, it's a lot more fun to me than just sort of driving around in a single cart trying to pass people. So the, you, have, you can like do teamwork. <laughs> I didn't know, like, okay, I played double dash like two or three days ago for the first time. You know, sadly, after voting was already complete on the game Coley's, uh, but I had 
only like after like an hour or so of playing only in the last like five minutes did i figure out oh if you have different characters they get different items <laughs> and like the specials yeah yeah and like the the rest of the stuff that you were just saying i i didn't i i honestly was playing it for an hour and like 15 minutes and i was like why are there two characters i really like it um mario party 5 also came out I don't remember much of Mario Party 5. I have all That's the because there's not really much to remember. It's one of the more <laughs> unremarkable Mario parties. Right. I have all the games after 5. All the Mario Party games after 5. On the consoles. I am excited about 2003 and video gaming looking back at this list because we have the sci-fi trifecta of awesomeness. Star Trek Elite Force 2, Star Wars Jedi Knight 3, Jedi Academy, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yes, that was one of my choices. So you've got the original Star Trek Elite Force is a first-person shooter set uh, Star Trek Voyager, and it is one of the fine like star trek games are notorious for being awful this is one of the good ones like one of the really good ones that stands on its own alongside any other first person shooters and it's also authentically awesomely star trek so the sequel just sort of builds on that takes it in different directions not quite as good a little more self-aware that it's a video game but still very good very fun game uh jedi academy also you know a sequel to another awesome game, Jedi Knight 2, um, at least when you throw in the cheat codes in the multiplayer mode, is really excellent. Um, and then, of course, the original Jedi Knight is just fabulous. But uh, Jedi Knight 3 gives you back the morality where you can be a light side, you can be a dark side Jedi, you can associate, you know, what pow- you get to pick what power progression you have as you're going through the game. You get to build your own lightsaber and have, you know, you can have one in each hand with a double Darth Maul lightsaber, a single one. Um, and so there's a lot of customizability. The The story, the dialogue isn't as strong. Um, and the level design isn't quite as interesting in some places. But it's still, re- the saber combat is... Uh, worlds better than uh the precursor which was really good in its own right so um just all sorts of greatness there and then paul was going to say knights of the old republic which just if if you've played it sort of speaks for itself unless you're an awful poor person who doesn't like secret of mana uh, in which case you know there are occasional haters but yeah Uh, okay but really but really the 2003 game of the year it's lifeline oh Lifeline came out 2003. I didn't even know. What's Lifeline? Oh my god, like have it. you ever listened to this podcast before? <laughs> Probably. I've heard of Lifeline. Sorry, that, that that came out uh, a little meaner than I anticipated, but you are fired. Oh. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it's the... Uh, <laughs> it's a, a voice-controlled sci-fi horror game. Um, you have to plug in a USB headset to your PlayStation 2, and uh, you, you play as a guy... Like you, I mean, you kind of play as you, basically, uh, guiding uh, this poor waitress around a space station that's being eaten by alien monsters, and like basically like yelling commands at her, like pick up the oh, gun, pick up the yes, ammo, I've shoot heard, the monster, and then and then up. she just goes, run forward, okay, and then she gets eaten. <laughs> oh, but I love the game so much. I I had just such a, it was such an intense experience playing this game, and and like. The satisfaction I had when I was like able to communicate to her what I wanted her to do, and and she listened, and and we were able to get out of that that space station okay. Like that was it was unparalleled. Like it was legitimately cool. So it, it's not a game that's going to top 
basically anyone else's top games list, but I I had a great great time playing it. So do do we have a winner? Pingus. Thank you. Harry Potter. Is that like a slur? No, it it. Jetty's being racist, I think. Am I? Pingus. Pingus. Oh, Lemmings ripoff with penguins. No, no, did you not read the article, Paul? It's inspired by Lemmings. <laughs> That's actually what made me think it was a ripoff, surprisingly enough. <laughs> Pingus. And created Wait, by Lemmings. I think someone's messed with this. Because it says it features... Pingus is a free, open source computer game inspired by Lemmings and created by Lemmings. It features Lemmings instead of Lemmings. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, new history. When was this last edited? It's apparently been up there since the 17th. Apparently no one looks at this. And and it's, yeah, it's created by Lemmings, the video game. It features Lemmings, the video game, instead of Lemmings, which is a link to an actual Lemming. (laughs) I'm going to imagine it features penguins instead of Lemmings. Yeah. So are we agreed then, Pingus, game of the year for uh, 2003? I think so. Okay. Are we going to go to 2013 now? Oh, jeez. Uh, isn't that the future? Okay, Not I'm really. just going to say, just for the sake of time, Cookie Clicker. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I, I did that for like an entire day. Uh, I was very bored. Oh, goodness. They've got a comprehensive list for this one. They have it by release date. Wait a second. I have played a game from 2013. I played oh a little bit of the cave, and it was great. <laughs> was that oh man, was you, were really so, you were so close. You were so close to getting out of this without me having to say anything through this section. And then no, I found a game that I can talk about. Oh well. <laughs> Would you like to talk about the game? Oh. No, actually, not really. <laughs> um, I can talk about. I mean, the two games that I played most. Or actually, I played three. Three games. I nominate the, the cave for game that most needed to have split screen. <laughs> um, three games from 2013 I played were Super Mario 3D World, Pokemon Y, and Starbound, which some people argue is not like an actual released game. It's in like free release or whatever. It's, but if I could yeah, earlier. go on to Steam and pay money for it, and it's like a game, then it's just as well as released. It's like... Yeah. It's like saying Minecraft wasn't a game until 2011, even though, like, you could play it starting in 2009 or whatever. Yeah. No, I, I kind of agree, which is why I included it on the uh, the ballot for Game of the Year. Or was it Game of the Year? I mean, it was in for, like, a few things. It was, like, famous before it became, like, technically a finished game. <laughs> it was, like, already famous. Yeah. And Starbound is just... That's just the same business practice. It's sort of like getting people to test your game with these sort of... And I'm not, like, bashing this because it's a fine business strategy yeah. if people are down for Yeah. But, um, but sending out your game w- without, you know, fixing everything yeah. so that you get, like, a big source of people to tell you what's wrong, mm-hmm. but also get a bunch of people on board to sort of support the game and talk about it. Yeah, and I mean, uh, like, what we're discussing is just that people are saying, oh, it wasn't released in 2013. Like, well, like, if if you buy, you know, like, Borderlands 2 or something, and it gets an update, you know, a couple months later, you don't consider that game not released until a couple months later, you know? Right, it's just, I mean, there's no difference except in how they name it. I think it's like $5 cheaper if you buy it. 
uh, early access. Uh, I do think if we're talking about games that came out in 2013 and we're talking about Game Cola and the types of games that the uh, the colons out there enjoy, yes. um, I think there's one game that people would have a strong objection to us ignoring. <laughs> and that uh, game... Let's ignore it. That game is Men's Room Mayhem for the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, continuing our theme of games based on toilets is is uh, a time management sim where you have to guide uh, men men and women, I forget, people to urinals and toilets to make sure they all they all pee and poo and then can get out of there in a timely manner. I found a game that's just called the Zombies. I like that one. That sounds good. Oh, but there, there is one that I played that, um, it came out in 2012, but I think it went up on Steam in 2013, Game Dev Tycoon. Oh, yeah. I had I have an addiction to that game. It's not good. I heard about it because, uh, isn't that the one where they themselves released pirated... Uh, yes. Yeah. And oh, then was that they, them? Yeah. <laughs> that, that made me laugh. That was pretty... And the people complaining about it not being, like, playable, like... Yeah. Gosh, yeah, game's well, so bad. That, All my games are getting pirated. Was yeah, that was that it. The the pirated version, like you get to a certain point and everyone pirates your games and you cannot yes. continue. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, and yeah, just the thought that people were like complaining, like you guys are just admitting that you pirated the game, and you. But yeah. like they didn't. I think the thing is that like the idea is they didn't realize that that was only on pirated versions of the game. Yeah. So they're pretending like they spent good money on it. Yeah. When, if they're having that problem, then they pirated it. I just find like hilarious way to I, put it. I keep wanting to pick that game up in Steam sales, but I'm mildly concerned by the fact that it appears to be a, a total ripoff of a game that came out for iOS a few years before it called Game Dev Story, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, the, which I did play on my tablet. And I, I think they're basically the same game, except uh, the one on Steam was made by a different company and just copying everything. <laughs> Oh. Which is kind of a drag, but I, I got I got pretty far into it myself until uh, I put all my money into developing games for the GameCube, and then they stopped selling GameCubes. <laughs> and I could, they like actually put me out of business. Like I couldn't afford to develop for any other consoles because I didn't have enough money to <laughs> to spend on the dev kit. So like I could I could only make like uh, PC games, and nobody buys PC games once you get uh, far in the in the in the iOS version. Rogue Legacy was really popular for Oh my god, that game was so good. You, you played it? I did, I played it and I beat it. Which does not happen very often with, with games that, that are have a challenge to them. That thing blew up when it came out. It was... It was... Like, I, I could not Talk stop myself from playing that game. I would just like sit on my desk and be like, you know what, I'll just play for a few minutes, you know, I'm... I want to take a little break from from working on this game script, you know, just like four hours later. Uh, I can't get up. I can't to keep playing. <laughs> I can't stop. No, it's a it's a roguelike combined with a platformer. Um, except, I mean, it's different from uh, traditional roguelikes in that um, you actually do get to keep some of the skills and money and stuff that you acquire at the end of the game. So you actually like you're actually seeing real concrete progress, but in, that isn't just like I'm getting better at the game mechanics. It's like I now am stronger and uh, occasionally I'm colorblind. I like I like that because you have the games that are like it's not you it's not you get better stuff as you play it's you get better as you play mm. and that's cool to an extent but there's a certain point where like I don't want it to just be me I don't I don't know it feels like that just takes like that's just too much. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 was, I keep comparing it to uh, Binding of Isaac, which I was playing a lot at the beginning of the year, but I... I, I mean, I, and it was the same kind of thing where, like, I'd I'd get addicted to it and just play it in these long marathon sessions. But then, like, I think that only lasted for two sessions before I realized I'm not actually getting any better. I'm just dying at the same pot, spot over and over and over again. And I wasn't. I, oh, that that reminds me of a game. Um, Spelunky is a game I got this year. Mm. Someone gave it to me for. Uh, well, I guess, I guess last year you gave it to me for Christmas, and it's a game where it is very you improve yourself. You get better at the... I mean, like, as you play through the level, you grab stuff, but you only get through, like... The difficulty ramps up, like, immediately. So you'll get through, like, five levels at mo- on a good run, at least for me. So it's really about you improving yourself, but I don't have the the fear or frustration when I die to, like, to be more careful about not dying. It's like, I can just keep going through... And I'll die in the first few levels, but it doesn't bother me. Like for, I, the, you, the only way you can get better as a game is if is if you do mind dying, mm-hmm. so that you try to get better. I don't actively try to get better. I just kind of play it and keep dying, and I get to the point where I'm just not making any progress, so I stop. <laughs> you know, what yeah, else was 2013 that I just realized. Mega Pony <laughs> was 2013. <laughs> oh yeah. I tried showing my boyfriend the video of that, and he just went, nope, 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 <laughs> nope, nope. I'm ready to call it Mega Pony Game of the Year 2013. <laughs> Wait, you sure it's not Leisure Suit Larry Reloaded? Oh, I didn't play that actually because I was like just playing the original version of it at the same time. I didn't feel like playing it again right after. Um, I think people didn't like that though. That's one game that's been. At some point, I think I might write a comparative article if I ever get around to that one because that's a game that's now had four different incarnations. There was a text adventure sort of precursor to it, and then there was the original one, and then the 90s remake, and then that high def or whatever remake. Mm-hmm. So I, I think three is my limit for versions of a game. <laughs> Pokemon X and Y were really good. They no, I think, I think we already called it. I think it's Megapony. Aww. Yeah, it's absolutely Megapony. I, Can I, at least I actually talk have, about I, I, don't, I don't do this very often, but I actually did watch Game Cola's video for that. <laughs> I was I was highly entertained. The game looked Thank hilarious, <laughs> and of course the commentary was just stellar. It helped to have my wife there. I don't think it would have been any good if it were just me. I did. I did actually enjoy. Uh, I, I I very much enjoyed that aspect of it that that, um, that you were both there. I thought that was really cool, and that she was there to explain what everything was too. That was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that did make a difference. Like being that I don't watch the show. So Mega Pony. Oh, and incidentally, after that went up, I, I noticed a uh, a sudden spike both on the GameCola channel and my own personal YouTube channel in the number of commenters who have My Little Pony avatars. <laughs> <laughs> so we're saying Angry Birds Star Wars 2? No. No, it's Mega Pony. Is, wasn't there like an Angry Birds thing where like they were charging like a lot of money for like certain upgrades? Really? I Probably. think it was like, and it was funny because it was right after the developer made a com- like a sarcastic comment about, I would be worried too if I were Nintendo trying to sell $50 pieces of plastic. Mm-hmm. And then he gets up and he's selling like, I don't even, I, I feel like $500 was like, something was like $500 for Angry Bird. Angry Bird. Paul, how much was it for like 500 something? Oh, for friggin' uh, yeah, dice with buddies. <laughs> dice with buddies. <laughs> I forget it was. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll 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 look into it. Yeah, hang on. Well, it was 
Uh, I mean, how would you? Well, first of all, dice with buddies. Yes. Uh, it's a uh, Facebook game that we play. It's basically Yahtzee. That Jetty and I kind of play constantly. And we we sometimes like if we're both sitting at our computer and, and working on our own games, we'll also sit here and play like eight games of dice with buddies. <laughs> yeah, and we'll always tell each other, you know, oh, I'm gonna win the Heisman this time. <laughs> so. I believe I'm the current world heavyweight champion of dice with buddies. Well, I have the Stanley Cup and the Heisman, so. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so. Hey. Um, one of the things you can you can acquire you get one bonus roll each game right where uh, you can you can roll an additional die at the end of it yeah. and get more points. You could also purchase these and this is this is their sale price yeah, right. Yeah. You can buy 455 bonus dice for a hundred dollars. <laughs> like that's on sale. Yeah, that's a good deal. And how uh, who? Granted, that's like a lifetime supply of extra die. Is it? <laughs> Like, Maybe not for us, actually. Because, like, I mean, if I had 455, I would probably sit there and on every single roll if I didn't get a five of a kind. <laughs> Alright, so can we agree then that Dice with Buddies is the game of the year for 2013? Dice with Mega Ponies? Mm-hmm. Yes. Dice with Bronies. Oh. <laughs> Angry Bird Star Wars 2. <laughs> so. It's Mega Ponies. We already all voted. Everyone who voted against it was fired, so it doesn't matter. Alright. <laughs> I found an angry. There's an Angry Birds like racing game. I saw that Angry that Birds has, Go. Yeah, and it has like a hundred dollar, like in-game item that you can buy. That's so stupid. And it, and again, this is like he's selling less than a expensive piece of plastic. Uh, yeah. But if one person buys it, that's all that matters, because that's a free hundred bucks that you need to put almost no effort into. Uh, are we ready to move on to 2023? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Actually, oh. Oh, I know what the game of the year for 2023 is. It's friggin' Kingdom Hearts 3 finally coming out. Either that or this game. I thought they were on number 365 and a half or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was disappointed because I was looking at list of years in uh, video gaming, and it lists 2023 in the thing, but I click on it and it redirects me to list of games in development. I'm looking forward to Half-Life 2 Episode 4, which should be out by then. <laughs> Well, let's not get crazy. <laughs> okay. I, I don't. I don't think we should speculate so wildly, Nathaniel. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, um, the next one. Probably. <laughs> I mean, how often they do it one per system? So, like, how often does the system come out? Now, I'm I'm honestly expecting for 2013, the decade after 2013, 2023. Uh, if we still have gaming as we know it, and they haven't completely thrown the traditional console market out the window, and it's all virtual reality, or it's all PC, or whatever, you know, assuming no drastic shifts in the market, and that it's just the next generation of whatever systems we have now, um, I I would not be surprised to find a number of franchise reboots, like if they want to completely redo the Mega Man series, or if they want to completely redo, you know, one thing or another that's been a staple that's had sequel after sequel after sequel, and they say, well, all of these game series started back in the 80s or maybe the 90s, and nobody remembers those anymore. We're so far ahead. We're decades away. So let's just restart the whole series and do it right this time, or pretend to do it right this time. I would not be surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised to find uh, something else that I forgot about, but I wouldn't be surprised if that showed up. Well, they've already kind of started doing the the reboots of older franchises with um. Well, first of all, the reason that people might be wearing is because that's what Sonic 06 was supposed to be. Mm. And then it turned out to be Sonic 06. 
<laughs> so they didn't do that. But also, um, Kid Icarus, they, right. I mean, that was like, well, no I, one had really talked about mm, Kid Icarus, at least in yeah. my perspective. No one had been talking about Kid Icarus in like years, yeah. really. They appeared in Smash Bros. and people kind of talked about them. And then they had the amazing game. <laughs> Well, and then along those lines, assuming Nintendo's still around, again, no major shifts in the marketplace, I, I would hope that Nintendo would have one or two more flagship characters out, because we've had endless Metroid, we've had endless Zelda, we've had endless Mario. We've started to pick up a little bit with the likes of Pikmin and Kid Icarus, but I think they, they're really going to need another big heavy hitter an iconic character or two to continue being relevant unless they really go all out with the gimmicks which has been nintendo's big thing over the years so the gamepad is i would and this is coming from a very vehement supporter of the Wii, who was back in the day who was kind of not supporting it um the gamepad is probably a much better gimmick than motion controls ever mm-hmm. In my opinion, because the motion controls, like, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is kind of cool. I mean, like, after the initial thing of it goes away, like, it's still just kind of, okay, it's motion controls, you know, you waggle and stuff happens. But with the gamepad, like, I've had it, I've had the Wii U for, I don't know how long now, but the games and the the way the gamepad works with the games is still really fun. And it actually changes, like, gameplay. It doesn't replace... It, it, it can, but it doesn't replace things as directly as motion controls would really just use as a mm. replacement for button presses. I'd also like to hope that we've gotten past the initial shock of, wait, I can control things with my hands? You know, motion control and touch pads and uh, audio responsiveness and all of these things. I would like to think that games at that point, 10 years down the road, will have been around long enough that some of these crazy new features are just standard. So it's like, you know, Super Nintendo comes out, Sega Genesis comes out, wow, we've got more than two buttons on this controller, look at the crazy things we can do. Well, now it's just standard, it's expected to have lots of buttons on a controller. You know, oh wow, motion control. Now, ten years down the road, maybe it's just standard, motion control comes with the system um and then game designers will start relying less on whatever the new gimmick is of motion control 3d virtual reality whatever and it's just this is an option that we have open to us if we want to we can use all of the buttons on the controller but we don't have to if we want to we can use motion control but we don't have to uh so that we really start seeing good games that take full advantage of whatever they feel like taking advantage of, whatever contributes to the game, and not just, we're building our game around this one unique thing. It's, we're making a good game, and here's the tools that we have at our disposal. So I'm hoping that in another 10 years, all of the stuff that's like the the big, crazy passing fads or the big things that work well in theory but still need a little more time for the technology to catch up, uh, that those can just be standard and that we can make games that take advantage of them. Uh, without feeling like they're gimmicky right. or like, experimental I, for their own good. It's like a lot of games, I felt, the problem wasn't really that, oh, the Wii or the Wii U or whatever forces you to put motion controls in your game as much as everyone who was making games just thought that you, know, you had to put motion controls in your game or that what was the point of putting it on the Wii? So, like, you got all these games with it, like, shoehorned in, like, some of the best games, like Mario Galaxy in particular, I remember... It's like it's like one of the best games on the Wii, and it's 
very, there's very little motion control. It's you know, mostly control stick running around and jumping. And then you've got the shake, which lets you do a little extra thing, which is really cool because it kind of counts for the imprecise nature of doing the 3D. It kind of lets you center yourself a little bit. So in that case, it adds to the gameplay. Whereas, but it's just there, and it's not like unnecessary. Like it feels right. It doesn't feel shoehorned in. But it's just a minor part of the game. Whereas in like um, Donkey like Kong a, Country Returns, where you have to shake uh, the controller to right. roll, which is a basic maneuver that you're doing all the time, which is not terribly precise when you're shaking. Right. I mean, not being someone who played through like the original Donkey Kong Country is a whole lot. I played a little bit, but I never like had any of my own copies. Um, so I didn't because I didn't play a lot. Like when I played Donkey Kong Country Returns, I barely ever rolled because it's just so precise. <laughs> And it's in a game that's about precision. I would rather have something that may be a worse strategy, but I can rely on, as opposed to something that might be better, but I have very little control over. And then there was TK Barrel Blast, which was the racing game, which is like impossible to control. Because <laughs> you like you have the remote and the nunchuck, and you shake one to like hit one gong, and that like makes your right engine go. And then you have the nunchuck, and that makes your left engine go. So to go straight, you have to do both of them. But to turn, you like do one of them, but it's like it barely works, and you're basically on a track anyways. So you, it, you it, the best thing to do is just to hit both of them, and it'll pretty much just automatically track you. It just wasn't fun. I, I think my brother and I played like maybe 30 minutes of it and never touched it again. So we hope that video games in the future will be good. Yes. And outside the mainstream. Yes, I'm outside the mainstream. No, no games inside the mainstream, so we can talk about yeah, all. No mainstream games, period. Everything will be indie. Yeah. Mario will go into public domain for no reason, and everyone <laughs> Mario games, and they'll all be indie. How how old does something have to be that it becomes public domain? Uh, when when will Mario? Um, I think the general <laughs> rule of thumb. The general rule of thumb is seventy-five years. Like you can like those PSAs. From like the 40s and 50s, I think, are a fair game. Because you see, like, you know, the uh, MK3000 or Mystery Science Series or whatever. MSK. No, MST. MSG? <laughs> a thing in my Cheez-Its? Is this pod? That show with it, my uh, Cheez-Its talk about bad movies. Jetty, this podcast is only over <laughs> when Joe stops talking about Cheez-Its. <laughs> okay. So there's like white cheddar, right? Joe, and it's, Joe, you fired. You fired, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but they get all powdery Joe, and get all over your fingers. But the regular ones don't taste as good. Nathaniel's the editor now. He is he is taking Anna's place. Yay! My first act as editor in chief. I fire myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good idea. I should have done that. <laughs> you can't fire yourself. Nathaniel can. Anna can. Oh, you're fired. What? <laughs> Eric Bell is the editor in chief now. <laughs> anyway, what's your what's your succession order, Jenny? Try- I was trying to figure out who's the oldest Game Cola staff member now because so many have left. Is K still on the staff? Uh, yeah, K is still web. Yeah, because K joined like like o four o five somewhere thereabouts. Yeah. Well, who but who who is like on active regular? You know. Ah, uh, you're you're pretty close. Uh, oh, actually, Stu goes back really far, but he was oh. he was gone for a couple of years. So if we're counting like Second when he joined the staff, post service. Hmm? Oh, yeah. <laughs> who are all these people? 
<laughs> Did you That's fire everybody? Teddy, you fired everyone. I don't even have to. <laughs> Eric Bell took my spot as the first person in the box, and I was kind of upset with him for the first, like, two two minutes that I yeah, saw Yeah, I, I thought about that. I thought it was funny when I was putting his name in. Took my spot. I was really sad, Teddy. Because <laughs> it had been there for a while, right? Like, almost a year. Joe, we survived the year. High five. High five. Yay. Diana, <laughs> why isn't she on the podcast? Uh, she said she might make it. Increasingly unlikely. Well, we Joe, talk about Cheez-Its again. We can buy a couple minutes for Diana to get on board. Okay, but like Joe's the spicy fired. ones just aren't good. Like they don't even—they're not even that spicy. It's just bad. I think bad. it's time to do housekeeping, Jetty. Okay. Like so... Parmesan, just no. <laughs> But Game, they don't make as much of a mess. Game Cheez-Its.net. And yeah. don't even get me started on cheese nips. <laughs> cheese nips? No, wait, now I'm invested in this conversation. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. How long have you cast aspersions on cheese nips? Cheese nips are just like... They don't... Better versions of Cheez-Its? Yeah, I no, agree. No, they're like... They taste like you put like just a tiny little bit of dirt what? into a cheese <laughs> Wait. Please stop your leaving all of this in, Jenny. Please. Well, okay. I do like that I went to Google Image Search and I type in cheese nips, and the like second suggestion is cheese nips versus cheese its. And it's, they they just put them in different shapes. They don't have like different flavors. Like hey, cheese nips just does different shapes. How many flavors shapes. do you need? You just need. I search for cheese I'm... nips and I come up with cheese nips jalapeno cheddar. Thank you. Oh, it, those were not advertised at all. Do you know how many different types of Cheez-Its there are? Hold on. Like enough to put on the back of the box that it takes up. <laughs> there is a suggested search difference between cheese nips and Cheez-Its. And they, <laughs> I'm sorry, but look at this image. She's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same product that I just saw a box like, that had been misprinted I, at the store at one time. Can, can this please be the header image for this this podcast? <laughs> please. And the ones on the right are clearly Cheez-Its versus Cheez-Nips. I want to take like I want to take a box of cheese nips and put the bag into a box of Cheez-Its and see who like The ones on the le- right are I mean the left, sorry, are clearly much more golden yellow. Yeah, but, but look at the hole in the center of the cheese it's so much bigger you get less bang for your buck with cheese it oh but the cheese they came in like the little plastic also, bags that had like four clearly already deteriorating like this guy just opened the package and there's already bits flaking off of them like it's such a shoddy craftsmanship no those are the cheap what are you just the cheese nips are the ones that one, I... that one at the bottom that one at the bottom doesn't even have a hole <laughs> What is That's, this, amateur hour? Would, it's like goldfish that don't have the little face on them. So much more cheese. I don't cheese, even like Jesus, like... and I am fully invested in this conversation. <laughs> and they don't put nearly also, enough salt on the cheese. Those ridges crap on the, on the cheese. Like, it's just like... But, like, I ate cheese nips for years. It was in my lunchbox instead of Cheez-Its. For years. Oh, <laughs> Does, does this mean I win the cheese it argument? <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Sadly, due to a horrible cheese nip accident, uh, Paul is no longer with us. Uh, so I guess we're just going to have to move forward and finish this podcast in his honor the way that he would have wanted it done uh, with housekeeping. So thank you for listening, everyone. 
This has been Game Call Podcast number 70. Uh, if you aren't listening to this on our actual internet website, we do in fact have an actual internet website, GameCola.net, Gaming Outside the Mainstream. Uh, please visit our website and read the awesome reviews and articles and columns and everything that we have. If you're not listening to this on our YouTube channel, we do have a YouTube channel, GC.net. The letters G and C and the word dot and the word net. We also have a Twitter account, at GameCola. We're also on Facebook. Follow us. We're also on Tumblr. If you're on Tumblr, you can follow us on Tumblr as well. What's a Tumblr? It's on the internet. It's like that um, thing in Western movies. Yeah. Where it like goes <laughs> where they like point the guns at each other. Oh, that, that's a Tumblr that blows by. I got it's it. It's a it's yeah. a thing that you make drinks in, I think, or something. It's a thing that you clean diamonds using. I don't know. But uh, yes, is that everything? Or uh, if you're not listening to this on iTunes, you can go to iTunes, review us, rate us highly. If you don't want to rate us highly, uh, we're not on iTunes. Uh, I think that's everything. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everyone, who showed up for being here. Thank you. It was fun. It was, it was fun. Yeah. And interesting, as always. Cheese nips. Cheese back from no. the dead. No, Paul. No. No. I don't care if you came back from the dead. It's cheese <laughs> Cheez-Its are the original. Cheez-Nips are... The Cheez-Its are just... I, I was about to say a bad word, but I won't because I could be kids listening, but it is bull hockey, let's say. <laughs> Bulls can't bull, even bull, play bull, hockey. Perhaps. No. So, your argument is invalid. You can have any flavor cheese that you want. You got, like, maybe I just two. want cheese-flavored! <laughs> <laughs> but do you know how many different kinds of cheese there are, Paul? A lot. Cheese. Have you There's been to France? Cheese. They have like five, five different kinds of cheese in France. Wedge it into into nip form, and then that's all you need. <laughs> Look, there's American, there's cheddar, there's mozzarella. I think that's all we really need. There's white cheddar. It's the best. It's just a little there's messy. This. There's no white cheddar cheese nips, are there, Paul? Why would you ever want to eat that? That sounds horrible. It sounds amazing because it is. Also, the best thing cheese to nips. Taste. They did uh, uh, explore outside branding. There were cat-dog cheese nips. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah, they just put them in different shapes. Yeah, in the cat-dog shapes. That's awesome. I think this podcast is over. I'm sorry. I think it was over a while ago. What's next? Teddy Graham cheese nips? That's disgusting. Could they take the Teddy Graham machines and just put cheese nip, like, batter or whatever into them? cheese product well, like whatever they make cheese nips out of just put it into the machine that forms the teddy grams i think this podcast is over i think this Thanks podcast is over a long time ago okay fine but i think this is done Cheez-Its. Cheese nips. It's. Nips. It's. Nips. It's. Nips. It's times nips. infinity. Nips times infinity plus one. Oh. Nips oh. times infinity to the power of infinity. Oh. Infinity to infinity to infinity. It's divided by zero. Our poor, poor listeners, we're filling <laughs> our game colons with cheese nips. <laughs> oh. oh. And on that note. <laughs>